On December 29, 1972, Eastern Airlines Flight 401 took off from New York's Kennedy Airport en route to Miami. The weather was clear. The plane, Lockheed's new L-1011, was the safest ever built. The pilot, one of Eastern's most experienced, yet he and many of his passengers had only two hours and 20 minutes to live. The plane crashed, leaving in its wake two questions. How could such a disaster have happened? And how could 73 of the passengers survive a crash that was classified unsurvivable? Hello, everybody. My name is Andrew. And I'm Mark. And you are listening to Television Movie Night at the end of 2019. Ah, this is it. The end of a decade. That's right. Mark, uh, did you compare photos between yourself in 2009 and uh, 2019? That's the big thing that's on Twitter now. Uh, Andrew, I am uh, one of those crazy people that believes... End of statement. Okay. (laughs) I am one of those crazy people that believes that these things are... Facial recognition. Cons and tricks to help uh, computers collect a lot of information on AI and machine learning. You don't have to post it if you don't want to. But I'm just Oh, you asking. want me to just like go through full photos yeah, in my look, home yeah. by myself yeah, like a like a photos. sad lonely old man? Or just, you know, you scan through and you're like, "Oh, that fresh-faced uh, person in 2009, now this battle-scarred awful mo-, and you're like, "Oh, wait. Oh. No, it's the same year. That was these oh, are both from 2009." <laughs> I've been writing reviews for a horror website and uh, the head of the site was like, "I want to put together a um Meet the writers page. So send me a picture of yourself. So I found that there's like six pictures of me that I, that exist that I'm like okay with. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is a a. It's a baby picture. I'm one, upside down, and the the doctor's smacking my mom. Ah hey hey okay hey, okay, okay all, right. all right. Is there anyone from out of town? Yeah. Ah. Uh, one of them is a Coney Island uh, caricature drawing. You're, dri- you're dri- driving a go kart. I yes, I actually this is <laughs> this is funny. You're gonna <laughs> get, laugh. Get ready to laugh, everybody. Every, every, are you ready? Everyone's my mother. Ready? My mother is moving. My mother. Or she is now in. The, she is now finished moving. Uh-huh. But I was going through old boxes, and I found like 16 Coney Island caricatures over the years of me and my brothers. Yeah. And. They make me laugh every time because it's like, you know exactly what happened when he made this. Because it's like, my brother Tony on skis and then some, like, drawing of a woman with, like, hearts around her head. And it, so you, you just imagine this cartoonist was like, what do you like, kid? You like skiing? Cool. You like you girls? Yeah. Cool. Take it. And then for me, it's like me reading a book and then... <laughs> There's one of, like, Snoopy with hearts around its head. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. The, the guy was like, so uh, animals like you, right? Right. You're like, I, I, I guess. I think so. I've never had a pet. And it was like, well, I'm not going to draw a girl. <laughs> uh, I was I was hoping for, you look through, it's a caricature of your brother doing something fun and a caricature of your other brother doing, like, he's on water skis or yeah. he's, like, uh, roller skating. And then a hyper-realistic drawing of you just scowling, s- sitting in the chair, not looking at the artist, reading a book as you were doing at that exact time. Yeah. You got to give me something, kid. And I'm just like, yeah. your mother just exasperated, just, just standing just next do to something. you, just at least smile for him. No. <laughs> He's 
he's, he's nodding his he's shaking his head he's I, not going to do it i shan't <laughs> well that's exciting but those were one of your pictures is that what you sent along to the uh the website yes uh just but it was just the picture of snoopy oh good no it was there's one picture of me where i look sort of thin <laughs> but i have a like angry look in my eye oh so you should switch it with the snoopy where you put the Snoopy picture, uh, the the head on that uh-huh. body. Yeah, yeah. There. So I have one of those, and um, somebody was. I was like, which one of these should I send? And the person I was was like, do you have one like where you don't look angry? And I just stared at them, and I was like, no, <laughs> that's my face. <laughs> well, that's exciting. Mark, how's the rest of your year going? Andrew, uh, I'm ready. I'm ready for this year to be I'm, over. I, I'm finished. I. <laughs> I've done, I've had it. Not exactly looking forward to 2020, kind of fearing and dreading 2020. Yeah. But, you know, gotta time get your, marches on. Got to get your Michael Bloomberg uh Yeah, I'm I'm a primary big, big bloom ballots head. in uh, there. Got to got to He's just like skipping like he wasn't even at the debates. Well, that's his thing. He's going right to Super Tuesday. Yeah, he's like, "Fuck it, I don't need to. I'm rich." Hell yeah. Rich. Hell Hell yes! I guess. <laughs> two billionaires in this run. No, one billionaire. We have two. No, there's one. Tom Steyer, who's Tom a billionaire. Tom Steyer is not going to be around. Tom Steyer Tom was Steyer. on the debate stage yesterday. Okay, okay. And, and, and on Thursday last week. And we have Michael Bloomberg. We have Bloomberg. two separate self-funded billionaires running, running their for own- president. Running for president. And I say more, people. We need- I need as much- Money we as we can more just. Billionaires. I want them to tell me how to vote. Okay, get out of your wine caves, billionaires, and tell me. I'm a dumb dolt. Yes, a stupid, cheap, poor I don't American. Have two nickels to rub together. So I need you, the rich people of America, to tell me how to vote. Yes, Mark. It's television movie night here in the last week of. 2019 and it's christmas and it's the holidays and so we have a very festive festive yeah we always pull out the stops for the holidays you know we watch santa claus movies that's right just the happiest grandpa for christmas yes and we watch this this is this is what we want you to leave 2019 that's right thinking of just having it replay over and over and over in your head well, this uh, it's a bit of history because it actually occurred, the events of this movie occurred this week mm-hmm. in 1972, and we watched ABC's Crash. Also known as The Crash of Flight 401. Really? In some market. I, I think when some VHS releases have mm-hmm. it lab- labeled as such. Well, uh, we're going to talk about it at length in a segment I like to call, well... What do you know? Mark Crash. Yes. Premiered on ABC on October 29th, 1978. Yes. Now, this is the second Flight 401 movie that we've featured on this show. Right. And this would have also come out later than the first one, which was the Ghost, Ghost of, of Flight, Flight 401, 401, which starring Ernest Borgnine, came out in the in February of '78. This came out in October, right, 1978. This is this uh, movie was directed by Barry Shear. Where do we know that name, Mark? He is not Harry Shear. He's not Harry Shear. But he did direct. Uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Short Walk to 
the daylight. Correct. Yeah. Short Walk to Daylight, which uh, we featured a, just a handful of weeks ago, also uh, directed Police Woman. Yes. The name of the game. So. Also, Short Walk to Daylight and this movie also star the actress that was in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Correct. And, I look this up, she is in the uh, music video for Freddy's the Back. Fat Boys. Uh, Ready for Freddy. Ready for Freddy, that's right. This is based on the book Crash by Rob and Sarah Elder. Took two people to write this. Two people to write this. This is not related to The Ghost of Flight 401. No, separate that is book, another book. Separate movie. This is, uh, the teleplay was written by Donald S. Sanford, who wrote episodes of Gunsmoke, <laughs> Perry Mason, <laughs> and the movie Midway. Not the one that just came out? the one that just came out. Oh. The one, it's a Charlton Heston film from 74, I believe. Is it also about the Battle of Midway? Uh, it's actually about like a really fun carnival. Oh, cool. Yeah. Going out to the Midway. Yeah, Charlton Heston's like, who wants to toss these rings? He sounds a lot like Peter Graves. No one? All right. Okay. I'll do it by myself. Rings. Cut that. And Steve Brown, who also wrote episodes of Diagnosis Murder. Great show. Sliders. Wonderful show. And Cagney and Lacey. This guy has a long career because Sliders and Diagnosis Murder were in the early 90s. And Cagney and Lacey was in the late 70s. Late 70s. And this movie, of course, is 78. This is starring William Shatner. Yes. As our narrator. And then also the hard-nosed... The voice of reason. He's uh, he's out there. TSA to inspector or something, the, right? The transportation board certifier. He's out to get the facts. This is also starring Adrian Barbeau. Yes. From... Uh, someone's watching me. Swamp Things. Swamp Thing. The Fog. She's in The Thing as the voice of the computer that he uh, plays against. A lot of John Carpenter uh, Yes, because she was married to John Carpenter mm -hmm. uh, after he left Deborah Hill. Uh, Escape from New York. Yes, but she's a big star. She's a big star. Mod. She's most, yes, she was in Mod. She was in like 90 episodes. She was in every episode of Mod, I think. And Batman the Animated Series. Yes, Selena Kyle. She was Catwoman. This also stars Brooke Bundy from Nightmare on Elm Street, in Short Walk to Daylight, four. Lorraine Gray from Jaws, Jaws, and uh, Eddie Albert from you know Green Acres. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. He's the uh, he's the, the pilot. He's the pilot. Yeah. He gets I thought the I... special and introducing. Yeah, I thought I recognized him. Eddie Albert from Green Acres. Based on real life events of December 29th, 1972. Now, in the original, in the Ghost of Flight 401, we walked through. I, I like that we're calling that the original. Well, the first, <laughs> the first time we talked about this, we walked through all the events because the Ghost of Flight 401 mainly focused on the fallout of the accident. Yes. This, however takes us through the the TikTok of exactly what happened from start to finish of this uh tragedy. Yes. And um so we're going to we're not I'm not going to summarize it here up front cuz we're going to talk about it through the course of the movie just to get it out of the way. Yeah. There's a lot of weird time dilation in this. Yeah. In that they're just jumping all over through time. I think so that they could show the crash three times. Mark, this is the pilot to Lost. Did you realize this? 
So I thought there were similarities. There, sure. this yes. is. I watched this and I was like, "Holy shit, it's Lost." <laughs> JJ, what'd you do? Yeah, because if you saw the first season of Lost, it's all these disconnected stories that get tied up going yes. into the oceanic flight that crash lands on the island. This has got almost the exact same structure. Yes. Other, but because yes, because in the opening scene. It's the the crash that happens, and we see like snippets of stories playing out on the plane, but we don't know why, and we don't know who they are exactly until we go back, and now we see everyone's story as it leads up to the flight four hundred one. Yes. Hmm. JJ. Think about it. Oh, everyone was like, "Oh, that's a novel. Great. Guess what? Great I saw this one pilot. already. I see you, fucking JJ. I see you. Yeah. Rise of Skywalker. More like." Eyes on. Hold on, Pie Walker. Uh, Paul Walker. Eyes on. Paul eyes Walker. on Paul Walker. Because he's dead. Yes. So and that's I, also a tragedy. Have, a, yes, it was. I also have him dead to rights. That I know uh-huh. how he got the format for right. the, the yes. pilot of Lost. Yes. Got okay, it. Got him. Thank you. Rise of Skywalker is also. Um, I saw the movie. It, it is. Um, Great. No, it is very much the boy in the plastic bottle. It's oh, just the exact same. Oh, plot. wow. So I see what he's doing. Yeah. Kylo is talking to Ray and they're just like, you ever, you, you know, know. <laughs> <He's> like, <"Yeah." laughs> this guy. And then Kylo makes a suit. Yeah. He makes suit. He's like, I, I-, I want to show you a schematic here. Yeah. Uh, mask, uh, breathing apparatus, uh, lightsaber. Seals. Act one, Mark. Oh, right. Let's dive right in. Uh, we get told right up front that certain scenes and characters have been fictionalized in this movie. So that we could really drag them. So we can really just give everyone a just a crazy backstory. <laughs> and just, just they're just like, what What do we got? What do we got? Uh, marriage issues, okay. Uh, uh, health issues, okay. Uh, uh, evading the law, sure. Yeah, we got that, okay, uh, cool. Infidelities. Uh, yep, yep. A dog. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's see, Kate, uh, she's like a... She's like a, a convict well, Sawyer. He's doing something else. Well, Hurley, Kate, Hurley won the lottery, so yes. but, Kate, but it's unlucky. Kate is the guy that yes, that's exactly. fleeing the city. Exactly. And the couple that's like trying to get things back together are it's, Kim and Son. Jin. Jin, yes. 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 <laughs> See? Oh, and we'll say William Shatner is like Ben or Locke. William Shatner is Locke and uh, in that he was paralyzed before the yes. flight. And the plane is the island. Ooh, think about that. Think about that. Uh, we open up with a William Shatner narration over plane footage. Very dramatic. He says that Eastern... No. Yes. 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 Eastern, Eastern Airlines. Eastern Airlines Flight 401 took off from JFK to Miami on December 29th, 1972. And things were going good for the flight. It was uh, clear skies. Great pilot. The pilot was very experienced, and the plane was pretty much brand new. Top notch. One of the flagship and safest planes in the sky. Correct. Except he notes that several passengers will be dead in just a few hours after takeoff. Yes. We're introduced to Captain Dunn, who is Eddie Albert from Green Acres, and Captain Dunn begins his approach into Miami. We then cut to two hicks in the Everglades. Collecting frogs yeah, they're, to put they're, in a bag? They're gigging. They're gigging. Oh, they're they're part of the gig economy. That's right. So they've got their phones out, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, oh, we got to pick up six frogs and then drop them off in the Everglades. 
You're like, ah, it's not even worth it. Ah, health insurance. Yeah. More billionaires, Mark. <laughs> yes. More billionaires Can in solve the everything. in the gig collecting bullfrogs industry. All right. We just need let's make an app. Let's make a bullfrog app. Uh yeah. Cut out the middleman. You just push a button and then somehow a bullfrog shows up. Call it bullfrogger. Gigging. There's no U. There's one L. Yes. And um I don't know. There's probably no O. That's what they call it though. They call it, they get pitchforks. And they collect frogs, and it's called gigging. Yeah. Yeah. Back on the plane, we get glimpses of passengers' lives. We don't necessarily know who these people are, but we're just seeing little scenes as the plane is coming down for a landing. There's a woman that's getting fucked up. Yeah, there's... Well, this this was your character, is what yes, I noted. Yes, this is me. Uh, yes, <laughs> getting we... Getting messed up on the airplane and being like... We can't land. I haven't, I haven't finished watching Shazam. <laughs> We can't let... I gotta finish it. It's, it's Zachary good. Levi's a treasure. I need to know how they're gonna spin it off clink, clink, the clink, next clink. Batman. Clink, 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 clink. Ron Glass, the actor Ron Glass, is a businessman, and he's putting his briefcase away. We have a lady named Ginny. Genie? Yes. Genie. G- yes. Gin. 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 Uh-huh. Oh. Uh-huh. Wait, a hold genie? Okay. Okay, hold All on right. a second. So she's the numbers. Uh, she is a bit of a, a drunk who is uh, freaking out because her uh, man friend, George Maharis, the actor George Maharis. <laughs> the actor George Maharis, of which George Michael is named after in season four of yes. Arrested Development, yes. right? Yes. Who was also arrested for having sex in a bathroom, I think so, is the story. Something like that, yes. Uh, she's freaking out because she's empty on booze and they're like, lady, we're landing. And she's like, goddamn, fucking drink. Fucking drink. Uh, Cecilia is heading to Miami with her husband, Mike. They're yes. newlyweds, and Mike's freaking out because he doesn't. He's worried about the impression he's going to make on her family. Cecilia is Cuban, and her family are Cuban expats, and he is white. There's also a da- very white. There's a lady seemingly dealing with air sickness as well. She's like barfing in a bag and pooping, and and this is your character. This is me. This, this is, is you. This is what I do. You're I just... like, I need two bags: one for my mouth, one for my butthole. Sometimes I get confused and switch them, but, but it, it doesn't matter. It's all either, going in the either same one, spot. Both of them are going to be a mess. <laughs> in the cockpit, the crew notices that they don't have a front gear light indicator. They put the gear down, but the light does not light up, and they fiddle with it. They tell the tower they're going to need to circle until then, until they get this light thing figured yes. out. They're like... Andrew and tap, I know tap, what tap, this is tap, because tap, we've tap. read about this extensively Correct. from the previous movie. This is so sad and so fucked up. Yes, it is. They tell the tower they're going to need to circle in the tower. Uh, also, you and I as characters. <laughs> now, what, which which one is the one that's like busting the guy's balls about coffee? There's so a, is that me probably? I that's like I think, how much fucking I think we sugar is in this? At oh, we, a certain we point. swap out chairs every once in a while. They Two guys in the tower argue about coffee. One guy brings another guy a coffee and he drinks it. And he's like, how many sugars are in this? And then the other guy's you like, you know how many sugars are in it. How many sugars do you think are in it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So that, that evasiveness, that's definitely this, that's this, definitely you. This goes on for like what felt like two minutes where they're just like, the one guy's like, look, man, tell just me the tell sh- me tell how me the many sugars. sugars are in there. You want you, you want me to name it? You want no, me to count all I, the all the grains? I, every grain? No, is I that want, what you're I asking you, me? No, I want you to tell me. I asked you zero sugars, wanted to play black. How many sugars are in it? Did you put sugars in it? Maybe. Maybe is not a yes or a no. It's very easy. Yes 
Or no? Well, you tell me. Do you taste the sugar? I think there's sugar in here. How much do you think is in there? More than I wanted, which is zero. So what is so what is that? So is that is that half? Is that a little sugar? No. Is there some sugar stuck in the bottom of the it's way stuck in the bottom stuck in the bottom of the styrofoam cup from the last person that poured it? Maybe some maybe something. Are you telling me you gave me a dirty cup? It's styrofoam. It's clean. So this is what (laughs) I was kind of hoping it was going to escalate with it. Big red siren going off, them turning the mute button on, being like, no, we're going to figure this out no, right that's now. that's the sugar siren. No. That's the siren that goes off when you're when you're giving me bullshit. No, I'll go to the kitchen right now. I'll count every grain in the goddamn sugar bag, and I'll make sure, because I counted it before I came in, because I knew you were going to pull this shit. You're full of shit. You're you full did, of shit. You don't come Here's in. You don't Here's come the number. You do not Here's come the... into the office and then count sugar packets. Well, are the... you out of your mind? Now who's crazy? Well, you're the one lying to me about putting more than one sugar packet in it when I wanted zero. How hard is it to pour coffee in a cup? You don't have to do anything else. Looking closely at it, that's actually black tea. <sighs> I, I'm sorry. I, I will admit to that. That is tea. That is not coffee. Yeah, this is this is the movie this is I us. wanted. This, this is, is yes, this is the one. This is the movie that I want because I could really relate to these characters. Yeah. Just really, <laughs> really gnawing at each other over such a mundane the thing. An- Andrew and I have done this in the workplace and at, at personal holidays as well. And yes, people and watch people this. Wa- and and like, some people are they, are they doing are they a bit? Do- are they, they really genuinely mad? angry? <laughs> Like some people just like start to smile and think like I think the people that enjoy it the most are the ones that think we're actually fighting. <laughs> I think they're the ones that get the most pleasure out of it. We notice that they're looking. We go outside, sit in a car, yeah. and they look out the window. They see that we're just absolutely animated. Still, Why? yeah. Why? <laughs> well, while this uh, this great bit is going yeah. on. They uh, they notice that Eastern has gone off the radar. The flight that was uh, yes. that we just saw has gone off the radar. They're like, uh, uh, Eastern, you, you still there? In the plane, they notice the altimeter, but it's too late. They're too low. The Everglade fan boat watches overhead as the uh, as this plane comes screaming overhead, crashes in the distance in the Everglades. On the plane, this is in the first 10 minutes of this movie. Yes. It is a fucking nightmare. nightmare. <laughs> it is a funhouse of just absolute tragedy. You've got you've you've got a good mixture of low tech effects and actual good practical effects to where you're where you don't. It's very jarring. It is because it doesn't look clean and it doesn't look pretty and it doesn't look like it looks like a mess. Because they're just doing every trick that they know, so they like spin the camera. Yes, they so it's, throw a guy into a mul- into a wall, and this is cut like in two second, you know, second and a half yeah. cuts. It's just like all of this, inc- you know, guy into a into a window. Uh, a spark goes off. A guy lo- tears his shirt open. That's at some my point. yes. For, they show this a couple of times. This guy like standing up screaming and grabbing both just his shirt just and just go shredding <laughs> his shirt like a flooded cockpit as the camera spins people flipping out like physical the, parts of the set falling out of it like yes a, a we see jet, yeah we see the fuselage we see like a row of chairs get sucked out uh through a wall basically and yes just fall into the water it's like i really made me think of um flight 
the Denzel Washington movie. Like, yeah, that opening plane crash is very tense, but you're also fully aware that you're watching a visual effects scene. Like, yeah. you know, it's a yes. movie yeah. and you don't feel like it's out of control because Robert Zemeckis is meticulous with effects and that sort of stuff. But this felt I was like, this is probably what it feels like. In an airplane crash, it's, you have yeah, no idea just, what's going it's just, on. All of these, all it is, is getting, horror around you it, and destruction. Yeah, it's it's uh, just a cacophony of just screaming and just flashing lights. Yeah, and, and bodies and water flying all over. Just you, yeah. It, it's it's this for for uh, for a TV movie. This is actually a very effective yeah. bit of, uh, of, of of filmmaking. Uh, and then the case falls off out of the overhang and it hits the guy in the head. And Kate's like, oh, my God, that's I, why is she handcuffed? We don't, know. we don't know. But then the thing breaks off and then people get that's that's Jack the, has two bottles of vodka. Yeah. In his pocket. We don't know why. That's the thing. In the, the, the lost crash. Everyone always talks about that. But that is that's another one where you're like, this is all I can see visual effect, visual effect, visual effect, yeah. especially when the. the the plane breaks into nothing's it. out of control you guys know what you're doing so i don't know if it's like intentional or accidental that this works so well um but it does what you know do you, what, I what mean? do you mean you, i think this is actually absolutely on purpose you think that they were like we're gonna use bad shots like spinning the cam, like spinning the camera upside down i i mean if you make it frenetic enough and you don't necessarily know what's going on i think so okay because because they spun the camera, but they were also doing like a water tank in that yeah. as well, because it's like flooding with water. And I, I think they just gave all this stuff to the editor, and they said, "Chop it up." Yeah, get it crazy. Chop and screw. We didn't cut the commercial. It's Excuse a, me. <laughs> chop and screw. It's a song. It's a music type. Okay. You never heard of this? Sure. We then cut the commercial, and ladies and gentlemen, the transfer that we saw of this. Includes all the commercials from when this aired. From 1978. Andrew, we love these They're commercials. Wonderful. I love them. Uh, I My favorite thing is, yes, we have this horrifying plane crash and people screaming and dying and then hard cut to black and then Sunday movie of the night. Uh, we get, uh, we get some splashing soap thing with a lady and she's got confidence now and she's like a jockey. On a uh, horse. You can do anything that, with our soap. Uh, we have a new computer-based Singer sewing machine. This commercial drove me insane Beep. because Beep. it's it's a sewing machine Beep. with uh, push-button controls. Yeah. Now, for those who don't have sewing machines or know much about sewing machines, generally, of this era, you would have a big wheel on the side of your sewing machine, and you would crank it. And depending on where you would crank it, you would change the type of stitch that you would have. Mm-hmm. So you could do a zigzag. You could do a forward and backwards. You could do a doubled stitch, whatever you want. But mm-hmm. it was this big mechanical... A Django jump jet. Yeah, it's a Django jump jet or a Sith no no ollie. Yeah. Whatever. So, But it was this big wheel on the side that you would change. They got rid of that and turned it into push buttons. And then for this commercial, a person is sewing, like working... Yeah. <laughs> And people just keep coming just keep up pushing and the pressing button. the buttons to where it. Uh, I was like, oh, "Oh, do you want to do it? Do you want to do it? Do you want to? Do you want to just sew this whole fucking thing?" Because I thought I was doing it. Yeah. But no, you just show up and you press whatever fucking buttons you want. In yeah. The middle and you of the di- just fucking break the thread. You just. You, it's all fucked now. Yeah. Great. The bobbin light is going off. Hmm. 
Yeah. What think, does that mean? Think about that. Do you know what that means? No. No. Then why'd you press the button? I. I then why'd you press the button? I, just, I, saw, I saw the button and I, it, it says I was supposed to in the script. Is that sh- is that a sugar packet coming out of your out of your pocket? <laughs> I have to. Uh, I have to go. I have to. I have, I have to. Get, I gotta go. I gotta go. We also get a milkbone commercial and a commercial for uh, the uh, Berlenti, the Berlenta. Jesus. From Chevy. Uh, the ugliest cars. This is. The side of the Mississippi. <laughs> this car is hideous, but they are so proud of it. Uh, They're like, your heart rate is going to go through the roof when you see this fucking car. Yeah, they also barely follow through on their heart rate thing because they're doing some cuts on the heartbeat but then others no and then others just not mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. and it's it's just a mess we then return to the movie and we fade back to three days before the crash okay right. okay all right how did we get here we see larry is putting his wife on an airplane and he's like you're going to miami three days you're early gr- you're gonna have, you're gonna a, have great a great time. time don't read the news just go ahead and just, uh, he puts a blindfold on her, shoves her into like uh, just an open plane and yeah, then says, just take, just, take her away. Take whatever you want. Uh, he's specifically avoiding her having a look at the newspaper and his wife says that she is, for some reason, she has a bad feeling. She, she's like, you're, Larry, off. you seem like you're, you're killing me, Larry. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know what's going what's on. the price of these mattresses. <laughs> Back in the car, Larry looks over a newspaper and it appears that his company, a tool and die company, is being investigated for fraud allegations and is going bankrupt. Yes. So uh, something's going on with Larry. Meanwhile, at a doctor's office, Camille, who's Brooke Bundy from A Short Walk to Daylight, yes, is flirting with the idea of an abortion. She's talking with a doctor. This scene is... Ups, aggravating setting is what this scene well does is. this does she does this lead right into the phone call it's cut up but i i'm including it together so we don't have to keep jumping back okay. and forth but basically she goes to the doctor's office and the doctor says you're about 10 weeks along if you if are you actually considering an abortion 12 weeks she doesn't say it but it's like it's illegal after 12 weeks yeah, it's gonna be a problem so she calls someone on the phone named charlie Charlie. We only hear one side of the conversation, and that is uh, Camille's part of the conversation. Yeah. But Tragically, we don't hear boop, boop, <laughs> boop, as, this, she, as Charlie immediately hangs up. She calls, and she says, well, I'm pregnant. You bastard. Uh, it's some guy who I met on a cruise. You don't call me back. I, you fucked me on the cruise deck. And now they, I got a baby. And they start having an argument over the phone, and she's like, I will not shut up. So, honey, you honey, you need to calm down. <laughs> I will not. Well, no, no, calm down. I, whatever you need, I'll be there for you. She's like, I only want, I wanted zero sugar in the coffee. Okay. Well, I don't know how any sugar got in there, but if it did, it wasn't me. Are you sure? Because I know you got the sweet tooth. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe somebody mixed up the coffees. Are you, you're, you're eating, you're eating, you're eating sugar toffee right now, aren't you? I don't know. I don't know. She's she's like, no, I will not shut up. No, no, you need to take care of this. Like it builds to this, and she's getting very emotional, rightfully so. And then at a certain point, she's like, oh, you I know, love just you. what to say. And watching this as a viewer, you're like, ooh, yeah, I hate that. Basically, Charlie must have convinced her over the phone that to get on a flight, most the, the earliest flight she can to come to Miami, where they're gonna meet up and. I guess get, get an abortion. Spend their life together. I don't know. Yes. 
She like turns this Honey, corner. Honey, come on down here, and we'll get an abortion She's together. Like, you'll see the. She'll, you'll recognize see the pelicans. Me. You'll recognize me as the pregnant lady with the biggest smile in the world. Aww. Even though it's like, here's this scumbag guy that she met for a one night stand on a cruise that really tried to ghost her on this pregnancy thing. Um. Well, they're gonna have some bigger problems. Well, I'm assuming it all turns out. Very well for everyone involved. Yes. Two days before the crash, we then cut to Emily and Philip as they're having a tense conversation at a restaurant. It appears Philip may have done some screwing around in Emily, and she is going to hold it over her his head for the rest of his life. Yes, and he's just going to have to deal with it. And he he's says in the, he's in the Thousand Years War. He will never win. He says he will never get. He will never make her happy. And he's trying. You he laid says, in your bed, and now you got to make it. He or says that they're going bed, to. Now you lay in it. They're going to go take a trip to a South American, uh, like a resort. And he's like, "I just want to, I want to make it better." Yes. And she's like, "How many? How many smokes a cigarette?" And she says, "How many broads are you going to fuck exactly, at this resort?" Yes. Just nothing but none. Cutting I mean, one comments. you. I mean, probably not even you. I don't know. I this don't is a waste fucking of fucking know. time and money. We then cut to Cecilia and Mike, who we saw uh, earlier on the plane. They are arguing about going to Florida to meet up with Cecilia's Cuban family. Yes. Mike's roasting trying, a pig. Mike's trying to get out of it because he's like, but, you know, I got the, I'm white. I got my dad and I got, uh, you know, I got to pack a bag. It's a whole thing. It's terrible. Yeah. And they're going to roast a pig. It's going to be great. Finally, he relents. He's going to go to this uh, big Cuban family. It's now the day of the crash at 4 p.m. The flight crew is heading from Miami to JFK, and the captain rubs his eyes and notes that he had a physical two months ago, and everything was fine. It was fine. It's fine. It's fine. You know how you go to the doctor because things are fine? Yes. That's what I did. I went there, and and I said, here is $200. Tell me everything's okay. And And I don't know if the man was a doctor. He wasn't wearing a doctor's coat or anything. No, the guy in the (laughs) waiting room coughed and said, you're doing great. Everything's okay. Uh, Then he, he, he... snot rocketed on the floor and then i said thanks doc and then i left yeah so i'm fine they also want to look at things that on the plane at jfk at miami two stewardesses discuss recent flight crashes one of them is adrian barbeau adrian barbeau one of them is very concerned if there is some kind of incident an incident on the plane she's worried that she's going to be too scared to help passengers not that she's scared of the crash but her her the way she's going to react to the crash that's what she's most concerned about also at miami some lady is trying to sell a plane but here comes carl tobias (laughs) a name you can trust william shatner yes he is a member of the national transportation safety board and he rains on a parade saying i looked at this plane like a day week ago, ago, and it sucks. It's a fucking garbage dump. I wouldn't buy this plane. The lady, th- this scares off the potential buyers, but this lady, she says, I got friends in high places. Carl Tobias, you've gone too far this time. Yeah, he says, I'm I want re- your badge on my desk. He says, I'm badging your gun. I'm taking this plane, right? He's like, I'm he, putting this plane yes, in. He, he impounds, he impounds plane. the plane. You can't sell this thing to and people. And then he You're tells the someone. people to buy from a reputable buyer, not some like, fly-by-night we, thing. Like like Tobias Industries. Oh, interesting. We, we are I certified. We have are. very similar planes. And uh, interestingly enough, I, I get to certify the planes. So, and they're all A-OK. They're great. I gave gestures towards a fl- like a 
flaming piece of metal. Yeah. I gave a guy $200 to say all the planes are good, and he said they were a-okay, did a snot rocket, yeah. and then I left. He's, yeah, that guy, he cleared it up. I, got, I, I wrote it down and everything. The lady warns uh, warns Shatner by saying, I got friends in high places. You're going to get fired. This is our hero. Shatner says, if I'm fired, then I'll see you on the unemployment line. Bitch. Yeah. Then you give him the big old double deuce. And then uh, he walked away, but then he got confused. And he's like, wait, is this the exit? It's a big airport. Is this the... And then he, yeah, walked he walks back in the frame and he's like, uh. We see. Uh, I actually I don't usually work out of Miami. Usually I'm I'm it's out of we Atlanta. see a shot of a plane trying to land and then he's like walking across <laughs> the tarmac and pulls, pulls up his up last suddenly, second. crashes yeah. into another one. So I I think I left my I'm not I'm usually not but again. I don't I usually parked work in here. section G. Does th- that I think make any sense? It's they're numbered sections here. <laughs> oh, let's take a cab home again. We then cut to Ginny, Jeannie, and she's in a bathtub, and George Maharis is there. Ah, uh, yeah. Putting the charm on her. He tries to convince her to go with him to Miami. It appears that uh, Jeannie is screwing around on her husband with George Maharis. Like a boss. You know. She says, she's a I don't. Modern lady. She says, I don't really want to go to Miami. He pours champagne on her until she agrees. Yes. Like, like a great guy. Because she's like, I can get away with screwing around on Wednesdays, but if it's like a trip, an extended trip. Yeah, what trip, am I going to tell my husband? He's like, I don't care. Uh, he, she's like, all right, fine. I'll fucking figure it out. So I'm a modern woman. Tell him you're fucking I me. I do what I want. I don't care. I'm a fucking drunk. Maybe I pass down a gutter. Who knows? My He's heard believe, that before. My husband will believe that. He's seen it. Yeah. At JFK, the clock ticks closer to the flight. The captain orders the crew to look at the circuit breakers in the cockpit, but he also laments that all these computers in this plane, we, the piloting he, used to mean something. something. Yes, now it's all computers. You got to be Albert Einstein to fly one of these things. You don't want that. No. You, you wanna, want some tough, strong guy. You want to be able to like lean your head out the window and be like, it's about 188 miles per hour out here. Yeah. Yeah, like old pilots. You want you want big old. You know, they goggles. never crashed those planes. They they were successful. The flights were easy and fun. Yeah, and you would get you had real men flying. That's not right. some egghead. Yeah, he's like, yeah. When I went to piloting school. They put those wings on me and like on a backpack, and then I, they like went to like I the side to, of a like a lake or something and jumped off. And, I used to fly like a like a real plane. It, it looked like a mushroom, and it just the top just <laughs> pounded up and down. That was flying. Yes. That, that, not, none of this. Not this. The seat belt. This thing's only got two wings. Wheels. The one that I flew in had, was like three stories tall and had like 60 wings and then it would collapse in on itself. Yeah, and it just shuddered. That's all it did. It didn't necessarily take off. It, it just shuddered anyway. until it tipped over <laughs> and exploded. Now that. That's flying. Yeah. This, this is, uh, I, I hate this. Yeah, meanwhile, everybody's like... <sighs> Grow up, old. <laughs> okay, okay boomer. boomer. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I'm actually part of the silent generation. Uh, yeah. Uh, Larry shows up to the airport along with a bunch of other passengers. They start uh, collecting to board the fateful flight 401. We keep <laughs> zooming in on the like flight board. Yeah. That's like 925, flight 401, Miami. Zoom in. That's usually, when I go flying, they do the same thing, but it's only because I'm approaching the plane. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, everyone and the, else and they're is like, telling, oh, God. They're telling oh. you you have to buy a second seat. And I'm like, I'm not that. Uh, it's, okay. All how, right. How much is it? <laughs> And then they add, they say you they say it's five hundred dollars more, but they throw in an extra sandwich. Oh, I'm like oh, I'm oh, interested. Okay. Now. okay, all right. Sounds like uh, somebody's getting the better end of the deal. Me, Alvin arrives for the flight. Alvin makes a big deal about sitting in the back of the plane where they in keep a specific... the flight recorder. Correct. He wants this a specific guy... seat because that's where the flight recorder is. He says it's the safest seat in the plane. Uh, this movie or this scene is just filled with pe- pieces of shit that I don't want to deal with. Yeah. So like this guy that's busting the ball because they're like someone else has that seat and he's like I don't care kick him out. Do whatever you like, got to do. Fuck you. <laughs> also some old lady shows up with a dog and then there's also a woman who shows up with her baby and she she's like smoking please. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Gonna oh, need a man. big drag. Just then she looks at the baby she's like oh fuck this thing. Jesus uh, fine. No smoking please. But there is alcohol on this flight, right? Because <laughs> if I'm there, there's going to be alcohol. Mama needs her medicine. Stewardess is also sprint towards the plane, and everyone gets seated, and the plane takes off. Shatner and VO says the computers on the plane mean it can basically land itself. Or can it? Commercial break. We get a couple classic commercials, including one for Ragu. Celebrating classic combinations this, like this drove me crazy. Tomato and uh, more tomato. Andrew, apparently we didn't learn how to shoot a big bowl of pasta and have it look appetizing until like 1998. No, yeah, we just because this is just a big, cold dish of spaghetti with red sauce on top of it, and then little kids that are like, "Oh, it's <laughs> so good." Yeah, these classic combinations. I love it. Oh God! But God, like, it looks. Every bite is like a dagger in my heart. It looks so disgusting. And the classic combinations are peppers and onions. Yeah, that is a classic. Classic. Uh, onion and mushroom mm-hmm. and mushroom and peppers. I think. Yeah. And you're like, well, that's just two ingredients that you mixed up in a couple of different ways. Yeah. And now we got three different bottles. If you want all three, I got terrible news for you. You're gonna, no dice. <laughs> they don't mix together. They're like oil and water. If you yeah. try and put one in the other, one screams like in the thing. <laughs> I, I'm also fairly confident that it is just a half a handful of chopped up peppers and uh, garlic powder and onion powder. Probably. And that's it. That's the only difference. Whatever. It's delicious. No, it isn't. Ragu's Mama disgusting. Mia, that's that's a, a, that is that a, is that's, a now pepper. It's an Italian night. We also get a commercial for dandruff shampoo for ladies. Now, I would never... It's, is this the I swear? No. Okay. This is like... Uh, it's, it's just, you can, it's a, you it's can a, use it all the time. Yes, it's not it bad says for your hair. It says it's a mild, but kill, it knocks dandruff out. Yeah. And then we also get a, a commercial for terror in the promised land, followed by Rams against the Falcons. Uh, that's on Monday. Yeah. Now, that's, that's a good lineup. Terror in the Promised Land is looks like a news special. It is right, yeah. Uh, but that I was that one I was like, oh, this movie looks good, and then I was like, oh, that's oh, right, it's, it's actual, it's actual it's, horror. It's People are actually dying. And then we also get promos for uh, the big Wednesday night lineup. First off, we have Eight is Enough. Uh, his son learns to his drive. His son learns to drive, and there's and like it's driving him crazy. Yeah, but also the the station wagon comes like peeling by. There's like smoke shooting off. Yeah, hubcaps shoot off. 
Uh, we get a promo for Charlie's Angels. The Angels? The Angels are learning how to be cheerleaders, yes. and they're going to bump and grind their way to finding the bad guy. Terrible. We also get a promo for Vegas. Vega Money Sign. Vega Money Sign, yes. Starring Robert Urich, star of Invitation to Hell. That's right. Act two. It's now Miami nine at 9.30. Uh, William Shatner gets a call from his boss saying... That lady had friends in high places. Uh, I, I don't know why you didn't believe her. She does have friends. So let her sell a plane and kill a bunch of people. And he or says, else... no, it's my job. Like, well, no. <laughs> and then he's like, all right. Oh, Carl Tobias, you've done it You're, again. Yeah. That's the thing that like really bothers me about Shatner's character is that he never says, like, people are going to die no he just yeah he just keeps trying to get bullied and then shatner's kind of a prick to him and yeah he's like, he's like well, i'm not gonna let this woman sell a plane that is going to kill people instead he's like i'm a tough as nails I'm a tough as nails guy yeah if you want to fire me fucking fire me i don't give a shit in fact i quit uh yeah i quit two weeks ago now what hmm bitch Smokes a cigarette, flicks it, catches another plane on fire. Go, yes, goes into a uh, bin filled with uh, oily rags. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the plane, Phil and Emily talk with Ron Glass, who is the buyer. He's a buyer from Gimbals. Yes, we've got to, we're trying to get past that whole Santa Claus Sa- incident. Exactly, it was there was a big, a big mess. issue, and now it's we're 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 past. You it. know, we sell other stuff. We're not just the Santa Claus store. Emily is the one that uh, is mad at her husband. She makes a crack about Phil being some fuck. She's like, you should I see heard that. This piece of shit. Yeah. Fucking piece of You know of who you'll garbage, usually you find in the women's section? You. This piece of shit. Fucking a mannequin. Yeah, it doesn't matter Can't what put it his is. Dick away. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and <laughs> for some reason, the husband like really wants to look at his he wants, dot matrix printout. Yeah, he's got he's a like, bunch of like, show me your. I think he's just looking for any way to avoid please, having conversation with his wife. Me. You ever, you ever tear the edges off oh, and then so fold satisfying. them together? Oh my god! Like Can I do it now? Uh, look, look uh, are you are you hiring? I'll, I'll go I, with you. I would love to go, honey. I have to go to Gimbal's. I'm a Gimbal's man now. Ron Glass gets uh, he gets <coughs> creeped out by this, and he's like, "I'm gonna take my paper elsewhere." Uh, Ron Glass uh, was in Firefly, incidentally. Hmm. It's now 10:30 p.m. and the party is swinging. Down in Miami. Down in Miami. Yeah, there's like dogs running around. There's like a whole fucking pig. There's a whole pig. There's like people celebrating. Cecilia apparently missed her first flight, but they get a phone call saying that her new flight's going to land and she'll be here with her husband around midnight. And everyone cheers. Yay! Seems like a fun party. I would go. The woman on the plane who has a baby wants to smoke. So she's like, watch my baby stranger no i'm she, gonna go to the back of the plane she doesn't even say watch my baby oh she just says she, the baby's asleep there's a car seat next to her that has the baby in it she says to the stewardess stewardess i need i i, I gotta get a i smoke. gotta i gotta go this thing who i'm gonna go to the smoking section and have a smoke and then she looks at the car seat and she's like no you stay here and I'm like, well, wait a minute, hold she on. Puts a cigarette in the baby's mouth. And she's like, he'll he he likes he, it. He, he likes he it. He knows it. So she goes off to have a smoke and just leaves her baby sitting there. But she also just this is this is like a Greyhound bus in that like people are just taking each other's seats. Like 
yes, right? Like, yeah. that's not an open... Some guy comes over and is like, hey, I dropped my, like, racing form. But he got moved earlier. There's some incidental stuff where this guy wants to move seats because he's a big shot, so he moves to first class, which leaves a seat in the smoking section open, which this lady then takes to smoke, even though the plane is landing yes. soon. So well, you can't smoke at the concourse. Well, yeah, you got to get the drags out now. Yeah. In the Miami Tower, they get a call about a different plane that is struggling with their landing gear. They scramble some fire trucks just in case there's an issue. Meanwhile, the, the guys argue about uh, coffee yeah, again. Yeah, they're like, uh, I think that creamer's gone bad. And it's like, I wouldn't know because I don't want that in my coffee. Well, good, because it's bad. If I taste this and it tastes like sour milk in a sugar packet. You know what might be you know what might be the only way to really fix this? Get your own fucking coffee. Someone's gotta watch this. Someone's gotta watch the radar, right? Someone's gotta watch this. Oh, I don't I don't like to I don't I don't In fact do that. I'm watching this thing and wait what boop one just boop, oh boop. couple are couple are missing now. Oh that's that's good. Now we can just hash this coffee. Thing All right, out. yeah. Well now that that that'll resolve itself. This thing, Let's yes, figure this exactly. coffee situation out. Let's walk through the steps. You reached in. You grabbed a styrofoam cup. Do you want me to you just fill do you want me to just go to Starbucks? Do you want me to just go to no, Starbucks and I get you another one? No, I don't. They overburn the stuff. I'm fine with the stuff in the packet. It doesn't sound like you're okay with it. You're complaining constantly because I stuff. I'm good with stuff in the coffee packet, not the sugar packet. So you want the Starbucks? I have health issues. <laughs> Does he still land planes? Oh, no. He doesn't like sugar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they don't blow up a f- the flight six, the, the, well, 620 or whatever There's an earlier flight that's dealing with a landing gear issue. They they reroute it, and they let that circle. Meanwhile, we also get a cut to the Everglades where the bumpkins find a snake, and they freak out about it. Flight 401, however, is nearing their landing, and uh, Jeannie is getting a little toasty. A little less. She's... A little less. The plane engages its landing gear. I, I don't even know what Grindelwald's crimes are. Like, maybe he's a, maybe he's a good guy. Fantastic. I think he's okay. I don't know. Fantastic Beasts. I don't know where to find him. I, this is the best fucking movie I've ever seen. Why is everyone so bad on shape wait, wait, the Waitress, a little more, little more vino. <laughs> um, prisoner of ass. As, ass is Caban. Ask, ask, ask me how dry I am. <laughs> clink, clink, clink. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yes, this is me on every every airplane I've ever been on. It hasn't even taken off yet. That's we, the other thing. I gotta, I gotta pick up. I got, waitress, I gotta get another drink in because. I'm picking up a car from the rental agency in like twenty minutes. That's gonna take a while. I'm Sorry, gonna, I'll, 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 I'll be fine. Is there Sabaros? Oh, God, I could go for a piece of pizza. Slice right now. I got the second seat, and I got a sandwich. Now I go for a (laughs) slice. The plane engages its landing gear, and we see it as the audience. We see it engage, and the people in the plane plane, hear it engage. Yes, which strains credulity for me because it's like, well, the problem is the front. Like, do you honestly think that you could be in a plane and you would hear the difference between all of the landing gear going down and all but one landing gear going down? Well, I don't know. They, This is probably some line in the report that's like... Probably, yeah. They, the passengers claim that they heard the landing gears engage, but the light in the cockpit doesn't light up. 
Right. So the, the crew doesn't necessarily know that the gear is down. Yes. The navigator heads down to the belly of the plane to see if it's engaged by looking at a porthole. Yes. He it's- does not do what I want him to do, which is shot of the underside of the plane, mm-hmm. landing gear down. He sticks his head out, looks around, ties whipping all over the place, sees the landing gear, thumbs Give up. Big thumbs up. Then falls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's now 11.33 p.m. The stewardesses continue to fret as they are circling. They look out the window and they're like, we're going away from the lights. What's the issue? Adrian Barbeau, again, very relatable. She says, we're getting overtime. We, we circle twice. So That's uh, OT, baby. Uh, so yeah, take your time, we're Cap. We're getting, getting pretty close to holiday pay as well. The uh, light. Andrew, the-, <laughs> Andrew the, the list of suspects who have sabotaged this plane are Adrian Bobo mm-hmm. so that she could get, get OT. Twelve fifty an hour instead of her normal eight, mm-hmm. or uh, the, the 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 guy that's trying to guy not deal with the not deal up. Yeah, he's child. like, yeah, yes. yeah, get on a plane, get on a plane right now. And cut, <laughs> well, also pull the... back. He's like an engineer, and he's just pulling out wires. <laughs> oh yeah, make sure you're on. Make sure the, the yeah the, exactly n n four one seven two. I I don't know what flight it'll be, <laughs> but you could usually look up tail numbers or Larry's wife. She left. Larry dumped her on a plane. That's right. Maybe That's she's right. like, fuck, he's bankrupt, but he still has life insurance. But he's got that insurance. It pays out double. Interesting. The stewardess continues for it. The light in the cockpit still is not lit up, and the co-captain says the passengers heard the landing gears. Like, unlike, I, unlike I, the, I, took, I went back and I took a poll. Unlike the girl on the plane, <laughs> it is not lit up. I went back, took a poll. There was one very loud woman who said, uh, yeah, she heard it. She heard the other thing she heard is she heard her husband banging somebody Some else. Stewardess. Uh, it made everyone uncomfortable, but uh, I'm tempted. She seemed very serious about this. She was very this. confident, and the husband did wink at me, so I think he did. I think he was fucking a, another passenger. Uh, the captain says, that's a dumb way to fly a plane, asking passengers. Yeah, we don't take... Stupid idiot. Yeah, I don't ask for the passengers to th- raise their hands when we're going to fly or land. As the captain gets up to look at the lights himself, he bumps the controls slightly. Yes. The landing gear uh, plane from earlier that was having issues just safely lands in Miami, and uh, the guys in the tower get a coffee to celebrate. <laughs> the guys in th- yes. So, again, this na- is- now, now the guy's doing what you do, which is like... Oh, let's celebrate <laughs> with some delicious coffee that doesn't have any sugar in it. It's right? Like, I swear right? to God, we, we just evaded, we just avoided a disaster, and now you're busting my balls about this coffee again. I just want you to, I want you to go get it, go get the coffee. Why don't you go get I it? I have to stay here. The plane just landed. There's two planes. Oh, now there's zero. Now there's no planes. Oh, well, I guess I can go. All right. <laughs> Uh, yes, this is what prompts them to go get the coffee and then the sugar issue. <laughs> Which, of course. Yeah, I like that that is also revealed. It Like this whole rule of like, we're going to show how this disaster happened and then what led up to it. Yes. Also applies to the coffee incident. Yeah. The, the, where they're like, we're going to tie up every loose string. As as you know, uh, you're well informed of the of the. The incident. The coffee incident. We we don't need to go into it extensively. I, yes. but See, the thing is, is everybody would, wants to know where did it start, and well, I, here it is. I want a scene that's the finale of Sully, where there's like a big, huge conference room full of people <laughs> and a simulator, and it's you and me uh, explaining. There was plenty of time to get the co- <laughs> to get the coffee. Well, 
was there time to get the coffee and sugar? Well, there should not have been sugar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just big. Yeah, it's like uh, the reason that the time was condensed is because the sugar went in when it should, should not, not have, have gone, gone in. in. <laughs> I if, my- yeah, if they're if they're if they're expecting the sugar yep. to go in. Then of course you they'll have factor, enough time. They'll you have need enough to factor time. Factor that into your well, simulation. They'll have enough time to then pull the sugar to get a new <laughs> cup of coffee in plenty of time to see Flight Four Hundred One. But they are not planning for the art ensuing <laughs> argument and the and, pissing and moaning. And the, yes, and the guy that just won't admit that he did it and get another cup of coffee. <laughs> I put my hand over the microphone and like lean over. My lawyer's whispering in my ear. I'm like, I plead the fifth. <laughs> No, it's a simulator then of of the, of the of two of us sugar falling into a thing. Of, uh, yeah, and then also us doing uh, pissing and moaning about yeah. the sugar and the coffee. And why, by the time we take the VR goggles off, the entire room is empty. Well, also like the conference room that we're in, like everybody that's involved in the crash is waiting to come in <laughs> so that they could have the real real no, prep like, real meeting i know we're, we're like, supposed, no, no, we I know we were supposed to be this. done at 3 30 it is now six but we're gonna get we're gonna finish this was it a full bag of sugar was it a was it a half packet these things matter these it matters it if is it the brown is it the raw sugar is it the white sugar because if it was a pink sugar uh, my, my, we're gonna need the room for a lot. My longer. client maintains there was no sugar. Well, then we haven't gotten anywhere, have we? We're gonna have to recess till tomorrow. <laughs> the landing gear from the plane, so they get the coffee. That's when we get back to Eastern going off the radar and crashing. So now we're caught back up to where we were before, at the top of the movie. Yes. The fan boat guys head in the direction of the crash, and planes in the air are reporting that they just saw a big explosion out their side windows. Commercial. We get a commercial for the Mercury Bobcat, which is priced to move at a slim $4,142. Also an ugly car. Very ugly car. Uh, we get a commercial for the York Peppermint Patty, where a couple walks a penguin. Yes. And cool. Crisp and cool. The ladies, when they're not talking about Mark's tea, <laughs> they're comparing detergents. So they're so they're not talking. So they never talk about detergents. No, there's just it's usually my so tea. low, so low. Uh, so yeah, there's a guy that's like, got ladies, what are the big stains in your clothes? And they're like, oh, definitely grass stains, oil stains, blood. So much blood. Uh, a lot of blood. It never gets off. You wash it's it. All wash, over my hands. You wash, as you can see. Ah, it's on you as well. It's everywhere. everywhere. You must all be cleansed. Uh, Andrew, I um, this commercial reminded me of commercials that would run like this. Uh, and there was a period in my childhood where I thought that my mom, when I wasn't around, my mom was talking to her friends about detergent Yeah, stains. they talk about rings around the collar like, and I how thought, to get them out. <laughs> I thought this was a real thing in the same way that when I was a kid, I was like, well, when I'm an adult... I could have, I could be Frasier, or I could be Jerry. Yeah, uh, might be George though, and that was like what I thought television was. Yeah, was like I'm picking my life. This is as an yeah. Adult. This reflects what actual real life is like. Uh, and I think everybody knows which direction I ended up going. Kramer, hard Frasier. <laughs> uh, close up toothpaste turns girls on. According to uh, one, this some guy's sister. This is my favorite one. This is my favorite ad. Uh, a guy is like he's trying to go on a hot he's date. Trying to go so on he's a hot like, date. I got this fancy cologne. I might put on some boots. And he's, his older sister is like, "Look, if you want this, if you want to go down on a girl, make sure you brush your teeth." <laughs> she's like, "Hey, stinky! Why didn't you use close-up <laughs> toothpaste?" 
Uh, and then he comes back, and she's, and like, she's how, like, "How, how did they? How did they go?" And he's like, "Oh, yeah, sloppy. It's, it was messy. It was a bit messy. It was gross. <laughs> Just filthy. Just don't, don't borrow the car for a couple of days." She's like, "Good work, good job, little bro." Oh God. Uh, and then we get a couple other commercials. Uh, Safeway store brands with an Irish stereotype. Some guys like, but also like a Wizard of Oz type yes. thing. And I think the ad is it's not the best, but it's pretty good. Yeah, they're like it's, it's not fancy, but it's, it's all right. right. <laughs> Back to the movie. The Coast Guard is scrambled, and they bring along whoever they can, including a mechanic. And uh, the Coast Guard has trouble seeing the crash from the air because it's in the middle of the Everglades and it's dark. Shatner says he's also heading to the crash to find the reason for this. Because that's his job, goddammit. But his boss threatens him, knowing that the plane is the showpiece of the eastern flight. Right. So he's like, we got to protect the stock holders, holders I don't, or whatever. I don't, I, don't know. I don't know. But, like, aren't they a government agency? Like, Something like that. He's like, he's like, I'll get How the is... answer. Whatever the answer is, I'm going to get it. He's like, you don't do a goddamn thing until, until I tell I get you. There right? And find and again, someone else to blame. I want your other gun and I want your other badge on my desk by <laughs> 5 o'clock. Shatner also notes how big and imposing the Everglades are. He says it's it's almost the size of Connecticut. It's the size of the Chrysler building. Chrysler building. <laughs> says uh, there's some razor sharp weeds in there, snakes, alligators, all sorts of stuff. The survivors begin to stir in the crash, and a lot of them have PS, uh, PTSD. Emily sees her husband that she said that she hated from before strapped in uh, and hanging from the plane, presumably dead. Very much so. Others are screaming and yelling and trying to drag themselves out of the water. That one guy doesn't have a shirt on. Yeah, he's just rolling around in the mud without a shirt on, which that's generally how I live my life. Better than than a cup of coffee and making fists with your toes when you get off an airplane. You get off an airplane, take your shirt off, find a big mud waller, and and just just roll roll around around like a big fat pig. Son of a bitch. It works. Yeah, then he pops out. He's just covered in mud. We then cut to another commercial. Herbal Essence Shampoo. Uh, they uh, say, uh, you got more hair. You got to swear. I swear. I got more hair. Uh, Andrew, I was shocked to discover that Herbal Essence did not burst into the scene in the 90s with their orgasm. With the ladies just orgasming in the shower? Yeah. Uh, we but get, apparently they've been around for a while. We get a commercial for the Chrysler LeBaron. We get something called the Manhandlers. This is it's a soup commercial. So gross. I can't believe what what ad wizard came up with this one. It's it, a commercial for Campbell's soup that's extra chunky. Yeah. It's and it's, ba- it's, it's basically the chun- manhandler. It's basically chunky soup saying it's like you're a big you're a big fat monster. It's always thinking about food. You need more shit in your soup. We got we got just we got what more you need shit in that soup. And then there's a shot of a dad and his like teenage son eating bean soup together. Yeah. And the look on the dad's face is like he's coming for the throne. <laughs> <laughs> I have to eat this all little, these beans. Yeah, I, if I don't eat all these beans, he'll smell my weakness. <laughs> but yes, instead of a, it's a chunky soup that's more filling, it's men men, specifically only men like a lot of food yeah can handle this soup. and so it's called the manhandlers <laughs> yikes yikes uh andrew my friend Stuart patterson in high school had a uh, chrysler had a late 70s chrysler lebaron uh it was a convertible it i thought it was the sweetest ride it's pretty planet. cool i thought it was a super cool never worked but yeah. i thought it was a great 
Uh, also, programming note, uh, The Sting airing next Sunday <laughs> on ABC. It's coming to TV. Uh, yes, an hour early because the, it's, it is a three-hour movie. It's a movie, long movie. So we're going to start it at Seven Mountain. Uh, it's now Act 3. Shatner is going to get a chopper to the crash, but talks with the tower guy first, who's pissed that he's being questioned about what happened. Again, very relatable. He basically tells... Someone's like, hey, there, some something went wrong uh, while you were working. And, and then he's like, like it oh, wasn't prove, my- it, prove it was me. Why don't you prove it was me? That sounds fun, huh? Oh, yeah, you put a little detective hat on, or or do you want to just go around pointing fingers at people? I would, you weren't I, there. I'd be you like, weren't fucking I there. I want to talk to my union rep. I want to talk to my union rep. Talk to my union rep. You weren't there. The guy says, look, my job is to make sure planes don't hit each other in the air. It is not my job to measure the distance between make the plane sure they don't and hit the ground. ground. Which, again, that's the that's the kind of like uh, nitpicking that I would rely on at work. Uh, it's really not my responsibility if you can hear what's happening inside the house. It is my responsibility you that you can see happening? what is happening inside mm, the house. Interesting. Did I notice that I didn't hear anything? I probably would have if I wasn't clowning around with my friends and, and playing grab ass. Making sure that the, the, dealing with this this, uh, this coffee this, situation, you know, this the what have you. It's 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 important. I don't I think <laughs> that's what that's what it should have been. He should have been excited to see Shatner. He should have been like, thank God oh, you're here. God, All right. In, taste this. Taste this. How much sugar is in this? Because <laughs> it's it's more than zero. It's more than zero. It's more you, than zero. You gotta I admit. can tell you that. And it just backs up. Like, out this her. sounds. I, I this. I. I would I, rather deal with this plane crash. Yeah. This is. This is a lot more hot button than I'm. This is above my pay grade. Yeah. Janie and George Maharis argue with each other as she basically sees this as karma mm-hmm. come coming for her. She runs away from him, uh, but the the immediately the, eaten by an alligator. That's right. The Coast Guard and the fan boat guys also miss some people as they start arriving near the scene because it's. The fucking Everglades and it's dark as hell. Yeah, there ain't no lamp posts out there. Street signs. Some Coast Guard guys get dropped off, including the mechanic. The survivors sing jingle bells to get the attention of the uh, Coast Guard. I'm told this actually happened. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, it is a sad scene, but at the same time, I guess it's a song everyone knows. Yes, it's a song everybody knows. It's the holidays. Uh, it's a song we can license when they turn this into a movie. That's probably what they were thinking they're about. Like, they were we like, "We don't have to clear anything." They're like, "We should sing Dawning of the Age of Aquarius," and they're like, "We're not. I don't. If they they're make like, a movie it's, of this, this, it's not going to work." Camp Town Races. <laughs> we're doing. We're doing Battle Hymn of the Republic. That's right. All right. All right. Okay. One, two, three. That was more like I've been working on the railroad. The pilots are also discovered, but they're barely alive. Just like in Lost. Then huh? Greg, uh, what's his name? Proops. No. Greg uh, Grunberg. Greg Gunberg? Grunberg? Yeah, he's always in- Oh, uh, is he the pilot? Yes, he's always in- J.J. Uh, Abrams. Yeah, he's in the Star Wars movies. Yes, he's in J.J. Abrams' uh, projects and generally gets killed immediately. Yes. He gets eaten by the smoke monster in Lost. Shatner arrives and begins combing through the wreckage and finding bodies, which is weird, right? That like the, the TSA the, would be the, or whatever the, he is the, would be the responsible national for this? Uh, transportation guys. The first one on the scene is a first responder, just to like av- make sure that he gets there before like bandits show up and steal the black box. Maybe, I guess, but like 
it just seems like he's just kind of a mechanic bureaucrat it, it as opposed been... to like somebody who would actually be worthwhile uh, as a first responder. Well, it would have been great if he was like moving nearly dead bodies looking for the black box and like, oh, thank God you're here. And he's like, uh-huh. And then he like turns him over. Yeah, grabs him by the him, collar and the belt and just yeah, kind of tosses him. Puts a him face away. first in the water and like reaches around. Is like, nope, not there. Walks away. And he's like, while you're down there, can you feel? Let me know if you see a black like a box. Big box. It's kind of, it says, uh, it says, uh, do not open. Uh, I know what you're going to say. Why didn't we make the whole plane uh, out of it? It won't uh-huh. fly, It doesn't asshole. work. It's a box, dickhole. The pilot dies, but the co-pilots are barely hanging on. The baby. So this is where this like, I get that it's based on true events, but I'm temp. I'm confident that the majority of the people in this are fictionalized. I mean, they tell us that at the top. Well, they say certain events are fictionalized, but I'm guessing nobody in this movie is an actual person because there's this like horror movie logic of like, the baby and the dog don't die? Well, there's that, and also that, like, the cheaters, the, the, the you know, it's oh. like, if you, if you have premarital sex, Jason's going to come and kill you. Yes. So in this circumstance, the lady who went out for the smoke, her baby lived, but she died. Yes. The, that uh, George Maharis and Jeannie both lived because she had, she was, like, concerned Drunk. about- well, she she had reservations about cheating on her husband for an extended amount of time. <laughs> so, so the universe is like, it's she, okay if you want to fuck gets, around every once in a while. She gets an emotional arc because she's at least looking for absolution. Yeah. Meanwhile, the guy that was a dickhead to the TSA agent or the gate agent that was like, I want to sit where the black box is, he Dead. dies. The pregnant lady also dies. Yeah. What's your argument for that? Well, because... Oh, I was out of wedlock. Yes. You had a little bastard. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. There's some... It's it's not 100%, though, because, like, the guy that uh, was ripping off... The guy that committed fraud, the businessman... He... He lives, but, but then they catch him later. Exactly. But that's... He should die he if gets that's his, the he gets, Well, no, he gets his... Well, if he died, then he doesn't oh, then get his law, comeuppance. Exactly. Law. Yeah, but you're dead. But he gets away scot free. No, he's, he's never dead. Well, he's dead, but he gets away scot free, and then presumably the the fraud that it was involved that would all get swept under the rug. Correct. Okay, maybe the black box cannot be found. However, they find the guy that wanted to sit by the black box. He's dead, but they can't find the black box. Commercial. We get a commercial for Freshen Up Gum, and we get one of the best promos for th- for the big. <laughs> Wednesday night lineup that's yes. coming up. We got we got a bunch of great episodes. Wednesday coming up. is comedy night. We got happy days. Yes, and we're Andrew, told what's going to happen. We're told that Fonzie performs an exorcism. <laughs> There's lightning. Fonzie walks into goes, a dark room and goes, "Hey, hey. Uh, I am legitimately interested I, in watching this episode because that's all it is. It's like you know, Wednesday is comedy on ABC. Yeah. On happy days, Fonzie performs an exorcism, and it's so glib. Yeah, I was and, like. Yeah, it's obvious that like this, uh, this voiceover guy has like six pages of dialogue, six pages of description that he has to get through in eight seconds. Yes, he's, so he's just he's, going he's all the way like, through. Just, he's just like burning it. Andrew, people always make fun of like jumping the shark and all of that, but I have news. I've seen a lot of Happy Days episodes. They're all absurd bullshit. Yes, but yeah, the the Fonz showing up and performing an exorcism, exorcism. 
is pretty, is pretty good. That's like, pretty good, but th- like that combination of words, just there's something about yeah. it. Yeah. Then on Laverne and Shirley, Laverne has a date with the Masher of the Month. I don't know what that means. I'm assuming Serial he's killer, a killer. Is that what that? I've never heard that phrase before. Uh, then on Three's Company, there appears to be some misunderstanding. It's like Jack is like kissing a girl. Jack is kissing a girl, and then his pants catch on fire. Right? He's like by the stove. Yeah. And he d- jumps on and top then, of her, and then Suzanne and then Chrissy Summers, sees it. Yeah, and she's like, "What?" what? And then on Taxi. Latka has to find a bride before the immigration officials find him. <laughs> yes. And then we see a bunch of immigration officers grab, grab uh, a pair of legs, a gr- from, pair under of the legs taxi. from under a taxi, but it's just Latka's pants stuffed with newspaper. newspaper. Yeah. It was it's, it's all it's, parts. Whatever it is. I don't it's know. Great. It's great. It looks good. So uh, that, that'll be for that's, that's next Wednesday. that's next week on TV movie night. <laughs> <laughs> we are watching four episodes of late seventies comedy. It's now the morning of the 30th, and the Everglades are being dredged. Shatner notes that the pilot, according to uh, the uh, autopsy that was performed, the pilot had a brain tumor, yes, which may have affected his vision. Maybe. But and, and his boss is like, pin that, it on the dead. That's the explanation. Pin it on the dead, Captain. It had nothing it's, to do with the flight. It's user error. It's not the flight. It's not the plane. Right. So Shatner is like, why? That's not our job. That's. But also. And he, it might have contributed, but like, I'm not going to just. Exactly. He's not 100% convinced because he's like, he had a physical two months prior. Everything came Stop back rocking. okay. <laughs> exactly. Everything was fine. Yeah, he gave that guy 200 bucks. He said it was great. I gave that guy 200 bucks. He said my planes could fly. So. I don't see any problem. Transitive property at all? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> uh, so he's not convinced, but the guy says, I want your report by tomorrow. So fucking either do you... Sweep this under the rug or I'll fire you and find someone else who can. And he's like, also, we haven't found the black box yet. He's like, well, if you're going to file this report, you're going to have to talk to the passengers that are still living. Jesus. Fuck. Jesus Christ. He goes to the hospital and he basically reveals that Cecilia is dead. Because... Yeah. Her husband is alive, and her brother is there, and they're like, we waited for you at the party. How come you guys didn't show so up? We saved you some ham. We saved you some pork, but it's not that good. It's dried out. You kind of want to eat it when it happens. They, they're they like, we haven't found Cecilia yet. Why, did, why haven't they found him? They asked Bill Shatner. They're like, you're a guy that works in this fucking dumb thing. You tell us. And he's like, well, there was a plane crash. She's probably disintegrated. You might have. They, they, he's like, you, they might have actually already found her. They just haven't told you yet. Yeah. So they go to the morgue and they find out that Cecilia is dead. Very much dead. At the airport, Shatner is being pulled off the case. He says, <laughs> "You're getting too I close." Need a third gun and, and a, a third, third badge. badge. It's out of his boss's hands. However, Shatner also finds out that the other two co-pilots have died there's only one co-pilot oh, God, left so us. he's gonna if he wants to get to you the bottom talk of this to the ghost hmm. mm-hmm. think about it okay he goes off to talk to the co-pilot on his uh in, in his hospital room and shatner pieces the this is where everything comes together all right this is he finds out that they were actually in purgatory all along. All along. That's everything what it was. You, well, everything you guessed partway that, through season two. And they were like, that's not what it like, is. No, that's exactly it's what, what it was. was. Shatner pieces it together from the pilot, the co-pilot, who is saying something about the fact that the autopilot and the computer sensors weren't balanced properly. So 
Here's what he sums up. So Shatner says, this is the result of my report. He says that the computer uh, that was on the plane was programmed to uh, override the autopilot once 20 pounds of pressure was put on the stick. Yes. But it was mismatched between 15 and and 20 20. pounds uh, between the pilot and the co-pilot's sticks. So when the pilot stood up and nudged the uh, nudged the thing, he put just between 15 and 20 pounds on it, which was just the right amount to put the plane in a slightly downward slope. Yes, in a descent. And take the autopilot off, but not necessarily notify anybody that this is what happened. Right. Because they're too busy fucking around with this, with the light. this light thing. So they're, it put it into a 200 feet per minute descent. And uh, they get their money's worth out of this crash footage again because they, they show it, it again. They show the entire thing in its, its in its completeness again, like start to finish, plus the explosion in the Everglades. Yeah. Why did they pay a bunch of money for it? And they're like, probably put it back in. It's got to go put in. Put it back in. We put it. I would. I would love it every ten minutes. We just, We're putting it in the commercial. We're putting it in the movie. I, again, just like Lost or Swordfish. They they show it they the over crash over. The, yeah the, the plane coming apart yeah scenes of the plane coming apart are uh, probably sixty percent of lost I would say yeah Shatner says that uh, uh, three factors contributed contributed to, to what happened a the failure of a light bulb a, a thirty, 30 cent, cent light bulb, bulb in the cockpit the coincidence of another emergency that was taking place at the tower yes and. A very <laughs> By which he means the coffee <laughs> yeah, the sugar yes, situation. Yes, this, this very important emergency. <laughs> I didn't say that that's just a coincidence, but there was a it, it did, there was something it was very important. important happening. And also a very subtle mismatch uh, on the autopilot. But he also notes that the, the transportation board's final report says the real reason was the crew's lack of attention to equipment during the final moments of the flight. So they pinned it on the crew. But he says all there dead. are other things involved in this. Yeah. Then we get a, like, uh, you know, the end of Animal House. Uh, this kind is of... so insane because they pick yes. the worst yes. shots. They pick uh, freeze frame images of people during the crash to tell you what happens afterwards. When it's like, so this blur is supposed to be Adrian Barbeau. And you're like, it's, I guess I'll take your word for it. It's it's. You would imagine, because when I saw it the first time, I laughed at it. Because yeah. I was like, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> that's a bad idea. Why wouldn't they either, A, like, use some, like, a shot of them where in the could, terminal yes. where you know who these people are. When they're about to go on the plane. Or you, like, or use immediately a shot. Yeah. You, after the crash, where they're, like, bloody and that guy's got his shirt off. <laughs> and he's in the mud. And he's, he's in like, the mud. He's oh, like, oh, so, so much better. Oh, it's better. God, yeah, nothing better than jet lag. Uh, we find out that the the two surviving stewardesses decide they need to go back to work. The guy dodging his tool and die company was fined, but he used the settlement money to open another company. Committed fraud there, likely, and it went out of business. And then crashed into another plane. Yeah. <laughs> he just this was his scheme, just getting just, on flights. That he's like, I'm pretty sure. Well, this one's running out of money, gonna have to go <laughs> be in a plane crash again. Phil and Emily stayed together. And uh, the uh, only living co-pilot that uh, Shatner talked to in the hospital went back and is a uh, was a tech for Eastern. Yeah. All in all, there was 103 fatalities of this flight. And there were 73 survivors. But more importantly, 
The Fonz is going to do an exorcist. Uh, yeah. He's going to do an exorcist. Stay tuned. And that's the end of Crash. Mark, what did you think of this movie? Uh, Andrew, this movie was sad. This yeah. movie was uh, painful to watch. This movie was not as... I would say it's overall much better than Ghost of Flight 401. I agree. I would say it's more respectful to the source material and what actually happened than Ghost of Flight 401. Yes. It is amazing that they decide to use the plane crash footage three times in their movie, but like, it's paid a, for it's it. It's effective. So. Like, again, J.J. Abrams literally just I know. wholesale stole from this, this movie, entire movie for the pilot of Lost. I also think that like... Most most importantly, I would say these commercials are better, uh, pound for pound, than the commercials for Ghost of Flight 401. Yes. Uh, well, there was your that one commercial that you really just the were uh, over the moon what for. About your, what about your love life? Exactly. <laughs> and then also taste the taste of wetness. Because have you tasted the taste of wetness I have before? Not. And, and then it's it's surprising. Yeah, there were some great ones on that other copy. I think that guy's the guy's a Shatner. He's like, uh, taste taste this. Does this taste like the taste of wetness, <laughs> or does it taste like sugar? Um, I also thought that the one complaint that I have was that I understand that we're running out of time and uh, on the length of this movie, we have to wrap this up. I didn't necessarily buy that Shatner goes up to a guy who's in fading in and out of consciousness who was in the crash and he's like, oh, I know exactly what happened. Yeah. Because you're like, no, he wouldn't. He'd be like, I don't know. I looked up and we were fucking in the middle of the Everglades. Well, you need some you need some kind of like conclusion. I don't know what the book is. I'm assuming it's not. I assume. I'm assuming the book is, is, a, is a very like specific telling of here's what happened. Based on the, on the transit reports. Well, I would also assume that they didn't find out until like six months later when they had reconstructed right, the exactly. whole plane there, and but figured you, out the but crash. There's but, a ticking clock element to it. It's got to be this. The, the Shatner, all these characters are created out of whole cloth, but at the same time, still follows based on what I've read exactly what the issues were and why yeah. this plane went down. Before 9-11, it was the biggest commercial crash of all time. Of all time. And deadliest, yeah. Yeah, and it's a wonder that there were any survivors to begin with because they weren't expecting to crash or like they weren't. They weren't braced or prepared. Exactly, exactly. And the plane was flying at like cruising speed into the Everglades. Right. Is it is it better than Ghost of Flight Four One? I would say yes, considering that the third act of Ghost of Flight Four One is such a boring mess. Yeah, it's awful. That it's just the seance that doesn't go anywhere. Uh, This at least. You know, you get Shatner's conclusions. It It's the same th- issue, though, with, like, Sully, that it's, like, it has to build to something. Right. And if this the is... most exciting thing is the crash, we can't have that at the beginning and never again. Correct. We have to keep crashing the plane, which is what they do in Sully. Right. With Ghost of Flight 401, though, it, like, it happens, but that's all the, all the actual, like, meat of this, like, weird freak accident that like all of these elements coming together through just absolute happenstance that causes this thing that's all like jettisoned after act one right and then it's all this ghost stuff and you know whatever it's it's a spooky scary ghost story and and except uh, that he doesn't it's not spooky because he doesn't do anything you know he just shows up and they think that they see him and then that's it that's the end of the that's what it is and then there's a seance that goes on and then there's no conclusion on that as well. It's just over. 
And then it just ends, and you're like, they should have brought the Fonz into this. Yeah, why didn't he exercise all the planes? It is interesting to... It's, I think the most interesting thing is is how flight has changed from 1972 to 2019, at least in showing it on television. You mean like you can't just trade seats? Well, you can't trade or... seats, and it's also like you could just smoke on planes. You like the you can idea... still get drunk on an airplane. You can still so... get... Yeah, exactly. You can get... For now, Obama. Uh, and you can just... Uh, also, just a palatial estate of an of a, uh, airplane as uh, well. Oh, yeah. It's just, giant. It's, it is massive compared to the... The, the flying the, the submarines tor- the torpedo, that we're in now. The torpedo tubes that you're shoved into yeah. uh, for uh, flights now. Uh, would you recommend Crash? Sure. Yeah, I think I probably would. I would as well, only for, even though they show it three times, like, stunningly, shockingly, that Crash sequence is actually it's very scary. really good for what they're trying to get across. Is it flight good? No. Not, but it's different. Is it Sully good? No. No. But for a 1978 television movie that is trying to, without actually crashing a plane or doing anything like that, it it's effective. Yeah. Mark, anything else about Crash? Uh, I didn't see any people having sex in cars. Yeah, I love when James Spader has sex in a car. He says, maybe next time. I love when uh, uh, Sandra Bullock... Uh, finds out that her husband's cheating on her. Um, just one of the best. Did you know that racism is more than just white people? Uh, that everybody can be racist. That's right. And that's the, that's our great unifier. That's right. Academy Award winning film. Yeah. One for best picture. Nothing else. <sighs> Mark, that's going to do it for this episode of Television Movie Night. That's going to do it for this 2019 of Television Movie Nights. It's been a wonderful run, everybody. It's been everybody. a wonderful year. It's been very exciting. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back in January with some more goofs and gaffs. And... Uh, thank, thank you to our, our loyal fan yes, who recommended exactly. this. Exactly. Thank you so much. Uh, if... Goku69. Right. Uh... <laughs> we appreciate all of your efforts. Uh, and the, th- the same uh, uh, invitation is extended to everyone else. If there's something specific that you would like us to talk about, we can... We will try and entertain as many requests as we can. Uh, that is, uh, our, you can always email us at tvmovienightpodcast at gmail.com. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. You can subscribe to us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash tvmovienight. You can listen to us on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com forward slash tvmovienightpodcast. You can listen to us on Stitcher. Stitcher. And you can, uh, you know, say hello if you see us on the street. We're, we're going, we're recording this before the big holidays. Uh, it's kind of a bad omen that we're doing this airplane yeah, I crash that. episode before we're both going to get on flights. And boy, uh, if you want to talk about cosmic justice, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, let's be repentive as much as we can because at least we'll survive the crash. Yeah. But. Uh, Mark, I know that uh, you you like to get all of the seats around the black box. Mm-hmm. You like to spread out. Yeah. Put your snacks and your soda in one seat. And, uh, your baby. Put my feet up. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, I have a I have a rule that uh, I I am the smoking section. So. 
so I can I can just vape <laughs> as much as I want on the back it's of an just airplane. Water, it's, wa- it's, it's just harmless. Water it's just water vapor, everybody. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, again, we'll be back in January. Mark, is there anything else? Any any final words for us in the decade known as the tens? Andrew, I hope that you and all of yours were able to taste the taste of wetness this decade. Uh, and we'll continue I tried. to do so next year. I tried. I, I really tried to taste the taste of wetness. Maybe next decade.